Welcome to the What If Podcast, where we rewrite sports past, present, and future. We're your hosts, Eddie, Jeet, Cameron, and Michael. Four lifelong friends, each with a unique perspective on sports. And find out, what if Catalonia seceded from Spain in 2006? Hello, everybody. This is Eddie from the What If Sports Podcast. This isn't my episode. This is technically Jeet's episode, but he's busy with the doctor duties, but he's still with us. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about soccer. The episode for today is about Catalonia and what if it's seceded from Spain. But before we talk about Catalonia and current events in soccer, European soccer is back and running again. And there's been a lot of soccer events that have been occurring these last couple of weeks. We, in fact, attended a soccer game back in Kansas City about a month ago, a U.S.-Canada soccer game. So that was really fun. So we're just here to talk about some of our predictions for the soccer season, whether it's the European soccer season or just global soccer in general. So Cameron, what are some of the predictions that you're thinking? Well, uh, as you know, Messi has just joined PSG. And so I had kind of a prediction there. I understand that they are now putting together just an absolute just top-notch lineup up top with Mbappe, with Neymar, and now Messi. I guess my big prediction would be not only would PSG not win the French League again this year, but they also get knocked out in the first round of the knockout round in the Champions League. Terrible year for PSG, just atrocious. You know, to the viewers out there, this guy was smiling when he said this. I think he really wants to see this happen. He really wants PSG to just fold. I just, I don't enjoy the teams that are outside the Premier League that just put together incredible teams and walk through their league. So, you know, the Bayerns, the PSGs, the Real Madrid and Barcelonas. And I guess, would Juventus be on that list? I don't know. I don't really pay that much attention, but, you know, they don't have that much competition. And I say that, and Man City's won, you know, the Premier League last how many years, but I'm always down for the top dog to go down. And G's not here to back up the top dog, so I'm going to go right after him. (laughs) What do you think about that, (laughs) Jeet? But anyways, no, yeah, that's... um. Should be really interesting. I mean, those are some bold predictions. We'll see how they do in the French League and see how they do in the Champions League as well. So we'll be monitoring that closely. Michael, what you got? What's a what's a prediction that you have? Yeah, I kind of want to talk about Cameron's real quick. <laughs> the Champions League one for sure, but man, Cameron, you went out there. You are like you are getting at PSG, not winning League One. And hey, I would kind of want to see the turmoil. Like, what happens if they don't win it? That'd be kind of fun to see. Years in a row not winning it? I mean, they should have won it this year. 
That's right. But to speak of a team that Cameron brought up, I don't think Juventus is going to win Serie A this year. I think they're very old. I think there is, I wouldn't say fresh blood, but like Inter is back in the fold. I know they've had some financial issues and they lost Lukaku, but they have Edin Dzeko now. And I still think, I don't know who their manager is, but I think they can pull it out. And I just think Italy at the top, there's some really good teams. I just don't know if Juve has enough like gas in the tank to propel them to a title. Other prediction, I'm going to go at Let's Go Madrid to win La Liga. Interesting. So you don't even think that Juve, with a new coach that they have who has experience in coaching Serie A, that he would not bring them back to the success that they had a couple seasons ago? You still, you don't think that makes a difference? That's a good point. I just don't know if they have the legs under them still. They have a lot of older players and... I'll take the field in Italy. I think the top of the league is very good. So I'm going to take the field against Juve. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I will say Inter is not the same. I know you said that they lost Lukaku and everything. They lost a whole bunch of people outside of Lukaku because of their whole financial situation. They're mm-hmm. so broke that they had to sell a bunch of people. So I think with that, Syria is kind of creating a path for Juve to just reclaim that top spot. That's what I think. I think the only challenge to them will be AC Milan because they seem like a really solid team and they didn't really lose a lot of people. They got someone significant. Yeah, they got Giroud. I mean, not significant per se, but like he's a game changer. He's a Champions League winner. He's underrated in my opinion. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Eddie doesn't like either of our predictions, Michael. <laughs> Apparently so. That's right. <laughs> Neither does G. G, what's your say on the matter? Here's <laughs> <laughs> to hear what G has to say. But um, yeah, shoot. Cameron went to France. Michael went to Italy. I'm going to stick with England. A prediction that I have is... Sorry, I didn't really think of one. I'm trying to think of one on the spot. So, you know, I'm a huge Arsenal fan. A lot of people are writing Arsenal off because of the fact that they had a poor season last year and they're against the, a lot of fans are against the manager, Mikel Arteta, say he's largely inexperienced, stuff like that. So last season was one of the worst seasons in Arsenal history. They did not make Europe for the first time in like 25 years. So my prediction is that Arsenal will finish in the top four and in addition to that the team that I think will win the Premier League title is Liverpool hope you're right Eddie same prediction on your end Cameron with Liverpool winning yeah if they stay healthy I think they do I think people forget how good they are because they didn't play that good last year and they still came in third I agree. Yeah, people oh, do. And they, now they get everybody back. Yeah. And the crowd, I think, is a big factor as well. Because they were awful at home last year. Absolutely. I'll go a bit outside the box. I'll go Chelsea. Let's go to America. You know, considering that the U.S. World Cup qualifier is coming up pretty soon in a couple of weeks. Do you think that USA will this time qualify for the World Cup? 
I would say, yeah, they've had a really strong summer. So I would hope that that momentum would carry into this fall and winter as they try to qualify. So it's a very hopeful yes, because <laughs> watching the World Cup without the U.S., it just sucks. Got it. So yes for Cameron. Michael, what do you say? I'm going to say yes for no other reason. Well, yes, I do want to watch the U.S. and the World Cup, but I also don't want Taylor Twelman to have another rant because I don't want to hear that. It's really annoying. So, yes, USA World Cup 2022. Thank you. I say thank you to the, the Taylor Twelman piece. Yeah, I don't want that to happen as well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for me, yeah, I would like to see the U.S. qualify for the World Cup. Part of me, I know this may sound kind of evil or sadistic, but like in 2017, when they failed to qualify for the 2018 World Cup, I was like, this is good, you know, because this is a way to shake up the Federation, the U.S. Federation, and, you know, just to get things right and to not take the likes of Trinidad and Tobago and these other teams for granted. So, yeah. But I would like them to make it this time. I think they've learned their lessons from failing to qualify. And I think the failure to qualify may have contributed in some way to the likes of this young crop of world-class players that we have at the moment with Pulisic and Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams. Yeah. I'm really excited to watch them on the big world stage. That's, I think, the big thing is there's just so many young players that are on these big clubs that we're hearing about that you want to see them in the World Cup, so. For sure. Well, that concludes our talk about soccer. Continue to listen to us. Like, subscribe, whatever it may be, and uh, enjoy our episode. Bye. Hey everyone, my name is G. Today, I'm gonna to be talking about what if Catalonia seceded from Spain in 2006. So to start with a little background information about what exactly is Catalonia. Catalonia is a region in Spain that includes Barcelona. It's kind of a smaller portion of Spain, but it is a hugely economically powerful portion. And you can see it has a greater GDP per capita than the rest of Spain, and almost close to the GDP per capita of the rest of the Eurozone. So the key point here is that Catalonia is a part of Spain, except they're much more prosperous and much more productive than other parts of Spain. But by being a part of Spain, they have to pay taxes to the Spanish state. And a thing that Catalan nationalists feel is that since they make so much money and they have to pay taxes to the rest of Spain, that some of the poorer regions of Spain are profiting off of their wealth. And also, there's a long history of Catalonia not originally being a part of Spain, and then there being like marriages between royal families and whatnot. So basically, there's a lot of animosity between Catalonia and the rest of Spain, to the point that a lot of Catalans don't feel that they are Spanish. As you can imagine, that manifests itself into the Barcelona-Real Madrid rivalry because Barcelona feel like they're not even Spanish and they don't belong in this country and they don't want to belong in this country, whereas Madrid is adamant that Catalonia is a part of Spain. 
also there's a lot of history regarding the World War when Francisco Franco was the dictator of Spain. He apparently was a fan of Real Madrid. These are the rumors, but that he was a fan of Real Madrid. So he would intimidate some of the Barcelona officials and some of the Barcelona players. And that led to a Real Madrid win by 11 to 1 one year. And that's also why Madrid has the Real title because it's there, like the Kings team. So this is a little bit about the history. Basically, Catalonia feels like they send too many taxes to the poor parts of Spain and the taxes are controlled by Madrid. So that's why they have that kind of lack of harmony. Where's all that money coming from? Is it just Barcelona or is it other little cities as well that are prosperous? I think there are other cities as well, but Barcelona is by far the most prosperous. When I was in Barcelona a couple of years ago, they're a huge tourist destination. They're on the coast, so they have a lot of trading routes. I'm sure they have a lot of exports, though I don't know too much about the details of that. But I think Barcelona is like the main powerhouse. It's kind of like if you think of California, like California has one of the top five GDPs in the world by themselves. And it's like LA is the Barcelona of California. So that's what my impression of it is. All right, let's move on. So 16% of Spain lives in Catalonia, but it produces 25% of Spain's exports. 19% of Spain's GDP and about 20% of its foreign investments. So they kind of overproduce compared to their population size. I'll give you a little bit about the history of Catalonia and Spain. Basically, in 2017, there's an independence referendum. So this is basically saying people in Catalonia said, we want to be independent of Spain. They were having a vote to whether they should secede or whether they should stay in Spain. In that referendum in 2017, 90 plus percent of people voted to secede from Spain. But there was only 40% turnout. And people are saying that police in Spain actively fought protesters. They intimidated protesters. They burned polling booths during that 2017 election to diminish turnout because they were saying it's an unconstitutional election. So people in Catalonia were saying that Spain was basically intimidating them and the police were making sure they couldn't vote. Whereas people in Spain were saying, this isn't a legitimate vote anyways. Like You don't have the constitutional right to make this vote. So then that vote passed because 90% voted to secede. But then the Spanish Supreme Court said that was unconstitutional. And then not only did they disavow that referendum, but they also jailed many of the political leaders of Catalonia who put forth that referendum. Some of them got up to nine to 13 years in prison. Then that led to kind of the big divide that you see in the Spanish national team, which is kind of a representation of Spain as a whole. As you can imagine, a lot of the Barcelona players are from Barcelona. They grew up in Barcelona. And so they are very much for Catalonia seceding. And the prime example of that is Gerard Piquet. He, and also Pep Guardiola, who's from Barcelona, they said that the Spanish government has to release these Catalan separatist leaders. And they were very adamant about that. Piquet has spoken very publicly about his desire for these leaders to be freed. And because of that, he's constantly booed by his own Spanish fans during national team games. And so then there's a situation where reporters ask Ramos what their opinion of Piquet's comments were. And Ramos is like, 
the personification of Madrid. You know, he wasn't born there, but he's the figurehead of Madrid. And Pique is the figurehead of Barcelona. And Ramos basically said, if Pique wouldn't talk as much about these separatist leaders, then they wouldn't boo him. So he was kind of putting the blame on Pique rather than the blame on fans who boo him. So that's a bit of a discord there. And many of the Catalonians were saying that the 2010 team that won the World Cup, that had a lot of players from Catalonia and a lot of players from the rest of Spain. And they were saying that when people started supporting that 2010 World Cup team, both in Catalonia and Spain, that overshadowed the attempts that Catalonians had to try to form their own identity. Because during that time, a lot of Catalonians were starting to raise the Spanish flag when they even, they actually have their own flag, but they were instead of raising the Spanish flag to support the team. After that 2010 World Cup success, some Catalonians were saying they want them to lose this time so that the government can't politicize their success. Or they weren't comfortable with the amount of fans who rushed to the streets to wave Spanish flags. Or sometimes they feel nice that if Spain won, but they can't bring themselves to celebrate it after the way the Spanish government treated us. And that's particularly in reference to the police kind of intimidating voters during that referendum. So that's kind of the high political tensions between both Catalonia and the rest of Spain and within the Spanish national team and amongst their fans. So then the real question that I was asking was, what would that 2010 World Cup winning team for Spain look like? if Catalonia had seceded. So first, here's the team itself. David Villa, Pedro, Xavi, Iniesta, Xavi Alonso, Busquets, Captavia, Puyol, Piquet, Ramos, and Casillas. It's absolutely loaded. Like there are some all-time great players throughout here. Specifically, look at the midfield, and that's one of the best midfields ever put together. So this is the team, how it looks like all sums together. Then if we look specifically at if it was just Spain and if it was just Catalonia. So this is what, if all the Catalonian players were not on that Spanish national team in 2010, this is what that team would look like. And I'll point out some specific players. Gerard Moreno, Fabregas, Luis Garcia, Iniesta, Xavi, Busquets, Jordi Alba, Puyol, Pique, Captavia, and Victor Valdez. And just a Spain non-Catalonia lineup in 2010 would be David Villa, Fernando Torres, Pedro, David Silva, Mata, Xavi Alonso, Arbeloa, Albiol, Marchena, Ramos, and Casillas. So as you can see, that Catalonia team, it has the, pretty much the entire core of that winning team. Like, it's got most of the defense, and it's most importantly got those three midfielders that were so crucial in establishing that kind of play that Spain had. Like the heavy possession game, tiki-taka passing. So one question I'm going to have for you guys after this is, could this Catalonia team have won the World Cup by themselves? And how would the Spain team have done had they not had any of these Catalonians? Another question I have is, should political factions be put aside for sporting events? You can even think about it in the US. If California did secede, or if they were wanting to secede, or if Texas wants to secede, then should that lust to secede be put aside during the World Cup or the Olympics? Or even like, should the battle over the Confederate flag, should that be put aside for sporting events? Or is that when it should be put most to the foreground? Because that's when most people pay attention to these sort of things. 
And also, does this change your view of the Real Madrid-Barcelona rivalry? Where I argue that the Real Madrid-Barcelona rivalry is the biggest rivalry in the world because there are actual historical, political wars that have been fought and people have died because of this rivalry. So what are you guys' view on that rivalry? If this were to happen in the U.S., like if California seceded, what would the impact on sports be? Like if you imagine if Catalonia did secede, then Barcelona probably wouldn't be able to play in the Liga. So then would the Liga just be the Real Madrid show? And where would Barcelona go? What would happen to the world of sports in Spain and in Europe in general? And then similarly, if California seceded, you'd imagine that, well, all of college sports, the Pac-12 would just totally be changed. And then all the Los Angeles teams, all the San Francisco teams, they'd be in a different country. So what would the ramifications of that be? So these are the questions I have for you guys. I would love to hear your thoughts. That is ridiculously good team. Both of those teams are still really good. Spain definitely takes a hit. That Catalonia team is, that's a stacked team. I think they definitely would have a chance to win. Who do you guys think would win between these two? Like if they were playing against each other? Who won between Real Madrid and Barcelona that year? <laughs> this was the year, this is the year that Guardiola was at Barcelona. and. Like 2011 was the year that Barcelona won everything, one of the best teams in history. So I feel like Barcelona was dominant at this time. Yeah, I mean, I would have to guess Catalonia just because the defense and midfield being so strong. You don't have some of the attackers, but that's not what made that Spain team great. It was the middle. I think I would go, I would still go Spain, I feel like. And I'm curious, do you think Catalonia would beat Spain? I think Catalonia would beat Spain for the reasons Cameron mentioned, how that core of that team is just the core of the World Cup winning team, and that defense and midfield are so strong, whereas the defense for Spain was kind of weak. And the midfield, it's not bad, but you lose Xavi and Iniesta, and you lose a lot. It's crazy that just that small area. That makes me think of, like, you're mentioning if California seceded. Like, I think about if Texas seceded and we were playing like the World Cup of American football, like the state of Texas could whoop any other country in the world, including the United States. <laughs> I think the attacking talent for Spain is a lot better. And, oh man, I'm like torn because I think defensively Catalonia is better. I think I would, I think I would go Spain, but it's not by a lot. Dang, this is... Hmm. <laughs> this, I'm trying they're to both say really good teams. Yeah, they're you both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they would beat, I would say like 80% of the other World Cup teams that year. I think to answer the question, who would win this? Yeah, I'd also say Catalonia. I think for uh, echo a lot of the things that has been said about the core of the Spain's team being midfield. You know, they got quality midfield in this Catalonia graphic, so. But your other questions, though. Should political factions be put aside? Should they put aside their differences for sporting events? That's a really good question. It's a tough question because when you think about sports and the relation to the rest of humanity, like sports are just entertainment. 
Like that's what the purpose of it is. But you think about sports is easily the number one thing that people pay attention to and have the largest audiences. So there's a lot of different political things that you can relate with sports because they pull so much weight with how many viewers they have and things like that. I mean, right now, I think is a really good example is, especially with the NBA, all sports are in the Black Lives Matter movement, but it's especially big in the NBA, and it was a large concern of the NBA because of how many Black players there are, but they're using that platform to help push Black Lives Matter, and it's getting it out there. I mean, you're having millions of viewers every night with all of the different commercials and they got the names on the back of the jerseys and there's a big Black Lives Matter thing put up right on the court there that you see every time it goes up and down the court. Sports has such a huge impact on our society that it's weird to think that something that's used for entertainment can also be used so largely for, you know, political arguments and human life type things. It's hard to say that they should be put aside because you don't want to ignore things like if Catalonia, I don't know who's in the right or who's in the wrong, but you know, if Catalonia feels like they're being put in the wrong by Spain, that shouldn't be just pushed aside just for a sporting event, I feel like. I mean, that's a part of human nature. That's part of life. Yeah, I agree. I think it would be kind of impossible not to include that within, you know, sporting events and what's going on in society in general. I mean, A, it would be basically impossible to do that, but I don't think it should happen either. I think it's a part of society that we really value. And, you know, the players, whether in soccer, basketball, football, they're more than just athletes. They're human beings and they have their own opinions and thoughts. So I'm not sure political factions, but as a more broad term, expression of one's opinions I think it should have a role in sporting events yeah I agree with Michael I remember like in 2005 when Ivory Coast they were playing in like a World Cup qualifier to qualify for their first ever World Cup appearance in 2006 and I think they beat Sudan or something and then like in the locker room Didier Drogba like the media was in the locker room and then he grabbed the microphone and he said, please stop this war. So at the time there was a civil war going on in Ivory Coast between like the Christian state and the Muslim state. And he said, you know, please stop this war. We need to be together. We need to be one, something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but that event of qualifying for the World Cup coupled with one of your best stars taking a stance and expressing a viewpoint on what's going on in the country. I think that was essential. And later on, that prompted a ceasefire. And then essentially, the war ended. So people say that Didier Drogba ended the war. That's what I'm talking about. Sports carries a lot more weight than people think. I mean, it's, it's a huge part of the society. We're no longer in an age whenever, you know, you can just say, like I remember LeBron James said some, I don't remember when it was, it was a while ago, but, and then everyone in the media was like, hey, just play basketball. Mm. It's like, no, LeBron James is one of the biggest influencers in the whole world. Whenever he believes in something, people will listen to what he says. Like there's a lot of people that, you know, like look up to LeBron James and like will agree with what he's saying and will follow him. So sports is as big as ever right now. 
just having it back after quarantine and COVID and everything, you see the weight that it pulls in our society. Yeah, I agree that sports is way more influential than I think people believe at first glance. Every Barcelona Real Madrid game is so much more than just a game to those people living there. It's like a fight for independence for a lot of those people, and especially in Barcelona. I feel like sometimes sports can kind of cover over the cracks. Like it can make things seem better than they actually are. Like if you see the United States up at the Olympics, when I think his name was John Carlos, when he put up the black fist at the Olympics on the Olympic podium, that was kind of an act of protest against his own country because he felt that his country wasn't providing for him, which is kind of similar in a way to what maybe Catalonians feel, where they feel the country isn't doing what it promised for them. So I wonder if there's any correlation to that. Like some people would say sports isn't a place to kind of have that type of protest. Like people say sports isn't a place for Kaepernick to kneel. Whereas I believe that anytime you have a platform and you have something you believe in, you see a problem, then you should use it. And I think sports is a fair game to have a political demonstration of that sort. Politics and sports are forever intertwined in a way that if you say there's no place for politics and sports, then I think those people have missed the point of what sports is. Well said, G. I second. Hasn't Catalonia like played friendlies? They have ever since that referendum. Actually, ever since the 2018 World Cup, PK played for Spain in that. And then he said, I'm not playing for Spain anymore. And now he plays for the Catalonia national team. So they formed their own national team, but it's not recognized by FIFA. So they're not allowed to play in the World Cup or anything, but they can play friendlies. Fun fact, technically, Messi has played for them before, and he would be eligible to play for Catalonia because he, I, he's definitely a Catalonia citizen by now. But I think also he had family members who were born here. Is that allowed to switch allegiances? So like, let's say like Diego Costa, for example, like he's Brazilian, but he plays for Spain. Like there was a time where he was like on the Brazil bench, but he didn't play an official game for Brazil. So he's still eligible to play for Spain. But Messi, he's played official games for Argentina. So I don't know if that would qualify him to be eligible. Yeah, you're definitely right that he's not eligible to because he already played for Argentina. I think what I read was that he could have chosen to play for Catalonia if it were a team instead of Argentina when he was making that decision. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I wonder if that's not fair in that, okay, let's just use Messi as an example. When he came up through the Argentina national team and whenever his first cap was, like mid-2000s or early 2000s, whenever it was, but if Catalonia wasn't even an option at that point, would that not be fair to say, you know, he plays for Argentina for this time, and then when they do become official, Catalonia, that he isn't even given the opportunity to switch allegiances? Because when he started, he didn't get to choose between Catalonia and Argentina because it wasn't an option. I don't know. I don't know enough about the laws. I believe it was pretty corrupt. I might have let something slide. I don't know, there's this guy named Mianel Lessi that just showed up on the field. <laughs> just him with the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really interested in this now because, like, the technicalities of it all. Let's say PK, he never actually, you know, said, I'm retiring from the Spain national team. 
but he just switched to Catalonia and they're not official. They can play friendlies, but not in official competitions. Could he go back to Spain if he wanted to? I think technically, yes, he could. I think he would probably not be well received, even more so than he already isn't. But I think technically, yeah, he could. If this actually happens and it's official, I'm curious how that would play out because I feel like there would be a lot of drama with it all. Yeah, I think La Liga would be. I wonder how that would turn out. Are there any other teams in La Liga from Catalonia? Bunyol. Yeah. Are they like rivals? Yeah, they are. Because it might not affect just Barcelona, if that's the case. But it also makes me think about, like, you're saying would American sports be affected if California leaves? I mean, like, America still plays sports in Canada. So I wonder, you know, they still have, like, Toronto and Edmonton and Winnipeg and all those cities up there in Canada playing in the National Hockey League. So I wonder how much that would change or if they just would drop them purely out of spite of California leaving. It'd be, yeah. it'd be an interesting thing because, I mean, like the owners, like what if the owners don't want to secede, but then all of a sudden their state is seceded? Do they move their teams or like owners move their teams into California? In America, it would be interesting to see like if anybody moves around or anything like that, if one of those states would secede. Yeah, that would be interesting. That would be very interesting, though. Is that something that's going to possibly happen? Like, is it still on the table that it might happen? From what I read, that 2017 election was the most recent big-scale thing. But the sentiments within the country are still very much that Catalonia wants to secede. I would bet that they're going to try again somehow. I can't, I can't imagine a country would let 25% of their GDP to just walk out the door. <laughs> I don't know how that would even begin to happen. Yeah. Like Catalonia, if it became its own country, it'd be a European superpower. And Spain would not anymore. So, G, you're a big Real Madrid fan. Does this change your view on the Real Madrid-Barcelona rivalry? It did. It made me feel a little dirtier. I feel like Barcelona are the good guys of this story. Anytime you have someone beating people that want to vote, it's hard to say that they're on the right side of history. And so it's hard for me to say that the Spanish government, which is basically Madrid, is in the right. And I also, I didn't like Ramos's comments on PK. Like he was saying that you should just not talk about this and don't talk about Catalonia wanting to secede if you want fans to like you. Like that's kind of exactly what you're talking about, Cameron, about how these players have such a big platform that they should talk about things that they believe in. So I was on PK's side with that. I do feel a little dirtier. You don't shy away from feeling a little bit dirty for rooting for a team. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's my presentation. Thank you all for listening. And thank you all for your uh, participation. Comment down below what your thoughts are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Catalonia like, in or Catalonia out? Which side are you on? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the What If podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Stay tuned as we continue to reimagine the world of sports.
there's this guy named Mianel Lessi that just showed up on the field. <laughs> just him with the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.